0: Again, to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Um, this is Bob McDonald, and um, I'm back on Twitter. I'm at Bob McDonald. Uh, Jimmy Lemke, uh, who you can find on uh, Twitter at PantherU, he will be uh, joining us a little later on the show. Uh, but today uh, we are we've got a great show again. Having a lot of these this summer, but this one's gonna this one I think this one I'm super excited about. Uh, today we've got uh a, a Detroit Mercy legend. Uh the leading the all time leading scorer in uh in school history and the founder of uh sports talk twenty three nineteen dot com has been doing a lot of work uh this last uh this last year, especially during the NBA draft. Uh Rashad Phillips.
1: Thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. Um so I guess the first question I wanted to ask you is kind mm-hmm. of what was the how how did you start off with uh start the start off with the site uh you know what were kind of the uh what were kind of the building blocks if you will of you know putting it together um, and kind of how how it's grown since then
1: well for me i'm i'm such a huge advocate of of basketball in general so from the beginning um my love and passion for College basketball just uh, was a, a was very was very influential because there's so many kids that don't get a chance to uh, get previewed or get featured on huge media platforms. So I felt that um, myself creating a sports SportsTalk2319.com that it was the uh, the best possible best possible place uh, for kids of all of college basketball to get a chance to be featured on my show. So that was kind of the the driving force um, up front. And then over time, it just started to grow. Um, I started to do, get calls and and do interviews with different coaches from all over the country. And it just turned into a a, a huge hit and it started to kind of run itself over time. And here we are today and it it still has taken off. And I'm, I'm very proud that I've been able to create a platform uh, for other kids to be heard. Great. Great.
0: I have to ask, uh, where did the Yoda thing come from? I got to ask about that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't give myself that name. Um, mm-hmm. there was, there's a guy named, uh, Lance Bayless is a great friend of mine. And Julian Tyler is another friend of mine. Those two guys kind of would call me that, um, when I was living in Michigan, they would say, man, you're like, you are just like Yoda, like any type of basketball questions or any type of things that pertain to basketball, it's like you always have like an accurate answer for it. And so they kind of gave me that name years ago. And, you know, everybody loved it. And I kind of – it was fitting for how I am. So we just all kind of ran with it. There you go. There you go.
0: So, um, like I said, I I know – during the draft, right before the draft, uh, I saw you were really busy on the site. Had a lot of different videos up. Had a lot of different episodes up. Um, yeah. And so now we're kind of in we're kind of in the summer league now. So yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, they, you know, pretty busy, especially for some of those, uh, some of those college uh, college kids who are really hoping to kind of bump, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, up their stock here, um, for the pros. And the one person that really has kind of stuck out to me, at least at this moment Mm -hmm. in time is, is Kendrick Nunn over at, from Oakland. Um, and he Talk about an amazing situation he comes from he yeah. goes to oakland and then he ends up he does unfortunately he doesn't get drafted there was um there was a little speculation on whether or not he may you know be a late rounder but uh he did end up uh signing with the the golden state warriors
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's currently playing in the uh he he's currently playing in the summer league right now um and he's doing pretty good uh he he's been he's definitely yeah. been a, a big contributor uh, so far yep. in in the summer league.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. He has, uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn is a guy that a lot of people don't know. He was a big-time scorer coming out okay. of high school, went to Illinois, transferred down to Oakland. So this is a really a, a Big Ten point guard. Um, so he, he's more than credible to do what he's doing. He was uh, third, third in the country, second in the country in scoring behind mm-hmm. Trey Young. So this is an obvious guy that's capable of putting the ball in the basket. Um, he's a volume scorer. He's an underrated passer. He knows angles. He knows how to play the right way. Um, but more importantly right now for him, it's all about situations. And if you look at his situations, look at his situation right now, he's in a perfect spot because he's playing for Willie Green, who's doing a fantastic job of coaching him at Golden State, which is a former Horizon League, great himself and a former teammate of mine. So I'm very excited to see Willie coaching and watching Kendrick Nunn hold his own at the summer league level. Yeah.
0: So, in terms of in terms of Kendrick, um, the uh, you, know, I, I guess my question is because it is the Golden State Warriors and <laughs> you know they are the defending two time NBA champions and they. Yeah just signed Boogie Cousins so mm-hmm. add a little bit more firepower to a team that's already got enough firepower to kill a horse where, did you, where do you see Kendrick Nunn kind of falling within their situation is he going to spend a lot of time in the G League um, you know, how, what do, where do you kind of see him fitting into that mm-hmm. organization at this moment in time
1: well I think it will probably start out as a G League um, assignment but mm-hmm. He fits the Golden State way. Like I said before, this is a guy that um, can stretch the floor. He's a volume scorer. He can make a lot of shots. Um, He's understanding that language over there and that culture at at Golden State. So, But they just signed Quinn Cook um, to a nice deal, and they're kind of like similar in style. Mm -hmm. So I just believe that Kendrick could be a guy that can just kind of fill in this season because not because he can't play at the NBA level. I believe he's an NBA player. I just think that he'll get caught up in the numbers game at Golden mm-hmm. State. Um, but he's going to be tremendous, whether he's in the G League or in the NBA. And I think he'll have a tremendous output regardless. Sure. Great. Right.
0: Um, a couple of the other – and so a couple of the other names that have popped up on G League rosters that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, mm-hmm. Are a couple of the uh, the two UIC play, former players. Uh, one is Tayo Diase. I understand he is with the Suns right now, on their okay. on their team. And the other one is Dikembe Dixon. Um, yeah. And Dikembe Dixon uh, to me was a little bit more of a. It's kind of a unique situation because here's 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 a guy who uh, you know spent last year. Uh, he came off the he came off the injury, played this year this yeah, last year, mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. decided um, he was he was going to go pro, um, and he's he's made his way onto a summer league roster. Um, in his case, where is, where does he go from here? Um, in terms of the pros, is he gonna is he gonna spend some time overseas, or is he going to be able to prove himself enough to? Make his way onto a G League roster and potentially mm-hmm. into the in, into um, it, into getting a chance to to get on an
1: NBA roster sometime down the road. Well, you you never want to limit players. What I what I never want to do is limit kids when they're chasing their dreams and their goals. So first of all, I think that he has the ability to play at that level. Um, but you, it, it's going to become a a numbers game. It's when you go in as a free agent sometimes it's not about how good you are it's about mm-hmm. how much space the team that you're playing for has. Mm-hmm. um so he's going to have to find the best situation for himself uh, whether that's if it's the g league or overseas it could be financial reasons so there's a lot of factors that go into making teams sure. when you're in that position when you're in that position in that mm-hmm. situation so mm-hmm. but here's the kid that has a lot of ability he's long he's rangy sure. um he's coming off that injury but I've watched him on tape, and I actually like what I saw. He's a two-way guy. He reminds me a little bit of Corey Brewer. Um, but we'll see how that plays out for him. But I wish him all the best, and, and I'm definitely keeping a close eye on him.
0: As am I. As am I. Um, now, Ty Odiasi, I know he is mm-hmm. – I know, if I understand correctly, he already has has signed a contract overseas um prior to uh signing with uh with the Suns for the summer league so um for him it looks like he already kind of knows it, he kind of knows where he's heading for now um but he also again he's also you know the, the, he was the the Horizon League you know defensive player of the year too so at the same time um do with him i'm a little i'm i'm actually kind of curious if if he does find some success um, also if he finds some success in the summer league um, or even in Europe um, he I'm a little curious as to kind of the direction he will end up going as well just because you know he does have that defensive he does have that defensive defensive part of the game um, which we obviously saw all last year uh, in the horizon league.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously he's going overseas already. So that's that's kind of his fate is kind of sealed in that regard. But uh, mm-hmm. again, this is a kid. that's one of the best shot blockers um, yeah. the, in the Horizon League and, and in the Absolutely. country. I believe uh, uh, Agent agent Pinova from Marshall led the country. Mo was third, and he was somewhere around that ballpark. So he's a tremendous uh, uh, weak side shot blocker, great post defender, uh, high energy utility guy, kind of has a little bit of that Ben Wallace type of style of play, so he's going to be a guy that's, that's going to have some tremendous uh, um, games overseas, and, and he may make his mark uh, sure. over there and, and and you know be able to uh, make a nice financial game, take care of his family, because at the end of the day, um, you just want to put yourself in the best possible position sure. um, to, 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 to put food on the table and, and provide for your family.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and of course, the other thing, uh, and those were really and I, I and maybe it's maybe it's just me but i, I and maybe because i'm so used more used to seeing more horizon league faces um on summer league rosters this year um mm-hmm. that that I only see the three and then of course a couple of uh, uh Juwan howard juniors on the on the knicks roster this year um and a couple of other holdovers you know, i know in spite of the fact he played his last year in louisville trey lewis is also uh also playing this year in the summer league as well um as far as as far as kind of the summer league um especially maybe not just not just for uh for the horizon league but for for mid major uh players in general um have you seen if it's maybe uh, kind of a platform to get some more uh, get some more exposure prior to you know these regular season regular basketball seasons both here at, here in the United States and internationally? Is that has it been kind of a spring uh, you know a potentially good springboard for kind of displaying your talents to to you know maybe not necessarily the pro scouts here but maybe some pro scouts overseas?
1: Yeah, anytime you can you can play under the watchful eye of the NBA, you give yourself a chance to better yourself. Um, there's really there's really no al- al- alternative in regards to playing with the the most important eyes um, watching you. So the the summer league does, um, I think, is the best it's the best outlet for guys that's not even going to make the NBA, but just to have that stamp sure. of approval that you play for an NBA team in a summer league. Um, that kind of gives you a a little bit of a stamp um, for a guy that maybe didn't play summer league. So, yes. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I know that, um, you know, and like I said, I, you know, again, you see, you you do see some faces that you haven't seen for like a Trey Lewis um, who has spent, who actually has spent some time, uh, spent some time in Europe, if I'm not mistaken, he just won a championship. And I want to say Germany, I cannot mm-hmm. remember for the life of I should know this, but I don't remember. Um so so a guy coming off of that and then getting back on a summer league team and 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 uh, I keep seeing the uh I keep seeing the video out of him um him on Trey Young, you know, earlier this earlier this week, and I'm like mm-hmm. everybody everybody keeps calling him Cleveland State products. So I'm going to go with that.
1: No, yeah, obviously no, I obviously played in the Horizon League. It, it, it's just legit. Yep. Legit.
0: yep. We'll allow it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: So, one of the other things that I did want to talk to you about is kind of the current state of the league as it is now. Um, and for selfish purposes, I'm actually going to harken back to uh, something you had tweeted out uh, a couple mm-hmm. months ago about okay. one of Cleveland State's uh, incoming recruits, Rashad, Rashad Williams. <laughs> yes. Yeah um where you said he was he was a was one of the guys that could be one of the great one of the greats uh, you know one of the great guards in the league and that's pretty well that's a pretty well um mm-hmm. pretty high territory high you know a high bar there for him um so and, and it you know, tell me a little bit kind of about uh, you know about what about specifically his game that you mm-hmm. felt was you know kind of
1: stood above the rest well, again, when you when you look at Rashad Williams, um, this is a kid that's been around me since he was born. Um, I'm really good friends with his dad. Um, okay. That's where he gets his name from. Um, oh. wow. So, uh, outside of that, yes, father named him after me. We're really good friends. But not only that, just the fact that um, I've watched Rashad grow um, for so many years, and he is—I mean, he's the ultimate scorer. Um, he's six foot two. He has unlimited range. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor. He's tough. He can defend. He everywhere he goes, he wins. Um, he's a high character kid. Comes from great, great family. So, uh, and I, obviously, me playing in the Horizon League and how the, I know how the league is structured, and he is perfect for that league. And the Horizon League doesn't have a quote unquote superstar, and and Rashad Williams has the chance to be. Just that in the rising league because of um his playing style and uh just the way wow. he carries himself. He's such a good kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know um a few weeks ago I had um uh Dennis Felton, the head coach mm-hmm. of Cleveland State on uh one of yep. the oh, on our podcast uh, a few weeks ago and he he was he was just as high on, on Rashad uh, on Rashad as you are. Um I personally, and again for selfish reasons as a Cleveland State guy, um, mm-hmm. can't wait to see him and Tyree Apple be in that backcourt. Oh
1: yeah, Cannot they're going to be. That. They're going to be dangerous. I mean, they're going to be dangerous. Cleveland State is a team to watch in, the, in that league. Obviously, Wright State because because Loudin Love is tremendous. He's a space eater. He reminds me a lot of Vitaly Potapinko who played there years ago, and he was a lottery pick coming out of the Horizon League. So. Um, Coach Nagy does a great job with those guys over there, and also, I mean, UIC has a, some talented guys. So um, you can never count Oakland out because uh, Coach Campy does a great job of putting them putting putting points on the board. So I'm excited just to to watch the league as a whole this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that and and that's kind of one of the other things I I did want to with, with regards to kind of the Horizon League in general. I know earlier this year we, uh, you know, this past year was you know admittedly kind of a a down year for the league, and where do you see kind of the improvements coming from, uh, uh, from a horizon, from a from a conference level? Because you know, cause you because you already see it with Cleveland State. You have Rice State with their, uh, you know, they're the defending conference, they you know, the defending tournament champions. You have Northern Kentucky, who's probably chomping at the bit to get some kind mm-hmm. of revenge over the uh, over the mm-hmm. uh, their uh, ouster in the in, Mar- in midnight uh, in uh, Motor City Madness. Um, where do you kind of see the you know the league in terms of you know kind of improving upon last year?
1: Well, it's gonna all come down to the players at the end of the day. You, you you have to have individual performances for, especially in small leagues, small conferences, you have to have a guy that can carry that conference. And last year, obviously it was Kendrick Nunn, you know, um, uh, Kay Felder was one year, Kiefer Sykes did it from Wisconsin Green Bay. So we have to have better individual players in that conference, in order for us to be able to hold our own within the country.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that—that's kind of the other thing too, because—and again, maybe it's because you know we—we we saw, we see a Kendrick Nunn, we see you know a Tyodiasi and a Dikembe Dixon, you know, coming out. But then you also see, kind of, on Northern Kentucky's end, you see. You know, mm-hmm. with Drew McDonald. You see in yep. Love coming out of. You see Loudon Love coming out of Wright State. Obviously, mm. you know Tyree Appleby, um, and Steph Kenich. I thought was kind of the breakout from last year. We didn't even know anything about him last year coming out of Cleveland State, and you know his, his, the improvement of him kind of took everybody by surprise, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need more players like that in the league and and once you get on the see one thing about the mid major level, you don't get you don't get a lot of opportunities to play on the big stage, so you have to take advantage of your opportunity. And that's what as a whole the conference needs to do when we're on TV, if we're playing a power 5 conference when we're on TV, uh, obviously try to win the game, but don't go out there and lay an egg because you're represent you're representing the conference every time you step out Especially yeah. during, I mean, in the non-conference time of year, we're out there trying to represent each other, and that's what we have to get better at as a conference. Is when we're playing earlier in the season against the the Cincinnatis and the and the and the Dukes and the you know all these bigger schools that we have to we have to buy it well against them.
2: there's definitely a, there's definitely a balance that has to be found uh, between getting. Oh, hi, Jimmy. Getting yeah. By the way, hello. I dropped in about like two minutes ago, but I was enjoying the conversation so much that I just decided to listen for a second. Um, <laughs> so, so hi Rashad, how's it going? Hi Jimmy. Yeah. Um, I, I want well, to. I guess the point that I was going to try and make there is that we're trying to find a bit of a balance between, you know, representing t- the conference on a top level, which a lot of our teams are capable of doing they are capable of winning some strong games even teams that aren't near the top of the conference but at the same time you you, you don't want to schedule so many of those games depending you know depending where your program's at so if you got a team that's right. in the middle of the Horizon League as it stands if you're scheduling five high you know five strong high majors you don't want to do
1: that
2: you're scheduling five real likely losses and then you know, if you finish in the middle or the upper half of the conference, then people go back and point at that and be like, well, you know, if this is one of the best teams this conference has. And they went and lost to, you know, Ohio State by 25. And Ohio State's not even a good Big Ten league team right now. What does that really say about the Horizon League? I mean, that's there's a there's a there's a perception about it. And we do want to win those games and we have gotten a few of them here and there. I mean, we've got to get more as a conference, but at the same time we don't want to get a lot of embarrassments because those work against us when our coaches are trying to go out and recruit. Because we need to be able to we need to be able to pick up wins and need to be against more. So I guess what I would say is I look more for Horizon League games against Conferences that should that are at the level that we have been at and tried to aspire to be at, you know. In that maybe not quite high mate, like where we we'll play those five or six best conferences, we'll play those games. But I also want to see us play more more games against Valley teams, against Atlantic Ten teams. You know, I'd love to see Detroit Mercy start taking on more of like a like the Siena kind of programs you know the, in the in the mac and like like maybe not like the best teams but teams that are not too far away from them where there's some regional connection but also games that are more winnable where and series that are more equitable you know maybe a maybe Detroit Mercy needs to start playing a, you know a 2 for 2 against you know whichever directional michigan school is the best at the moment because then that's you know that's two home games against a team that will maybe bring in some fans, but also be interesting to a recruit in Michigan. You know, something that that's also at the end of the day, like I said, winnable. So I guess that's where I'd like to see more of the scheduling point towards and away from the Texas Southerns and like the, the SWAC and MIAC schools that are just kind of at, like, the, the bottom level, the, the Big South, you know, those conferences that, you know, you could win by 25 points and see your RPI standing go down by 20 spots. Like, I want to get away from those games specifically.
1: Okay. Well put. I
2: think I put Bob to sleep. I think what happened. What?
0: what huh? No, 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 you didn't. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, to your to your point, I know. Um, the I did want to ask about this too. Um, I know there has been talk of potentially the Horizon League. To to your point, Jimmy specifically, um, partnering with some of these uh, other mid major conferences uh, like Conference USA, like the Sun Belt. Uh, I know we're two conferences that were have been kicked about. With regards to scheduling, Um, Mm -hmm. in terms, two two conferences that are a little higher up on the up on the mid major scale, and um, I think would be uh, infinitely more beneficial, uh, infinitely beneficial for the Horizon League in terms of you know scheduling. Um, Rashad, where where do you come out on that potential partnership uh, with with those conferences um, you know moving forward?
1: Well, it's it's always a tricky situation when you try to play the the economics of it, of of how teams move and mm-hmm. shake because I mean, we had, you know, I could talk about when I was there, you know, we had, you know, Butler was there, and um, it and it was it was a, you know, Loyola was there. If you look at this guys, um uh, we've had two teams in a national championship and a final four that's come from the Horizon League. Yep. And yeah. a lot of people um. A lot of people don't don't talk about that, um, and it's crazy because I tell people all the time. Like when I was playing in Horizon League, it, it 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 wasn't an easy league. It was far from an easy league. Cleveland State was tough with the Damon Stringer and 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 Sonny Johnson and Theo Dixon, and you you had the tough Butler teams. You had the tough UIC teams with Mark That's Miller. Up.
2: If companies. I remember correctly, didn't what wasn't it your freshman year that there were like three out of the eight teams went to the tournament? Yeah,
1: three, three, yeah. yeah. We had three, three out of eight. And then, you know, three, three, three out, three out of twelve
2: eight. is cool, three but out three 12. out of eight is insane. It's almost half the conference,
1: and it's from a mid-major. Like you don't even see that happen anymore. So that yeah. shows you how strong the conference was when I was playing it. And then Butler leaves; they go to a national title they go to a final four Loyola leaves they go to a final four so the the mid-major team that has been calling causing damage in college basketball are Horizon League teams
2: well the the, mm-hmm. the, the funny the funny thing the Loyola one was the real surprise because I mean we Butler did their final fours from the Horizon League and we always knew that they were you know they had put together a pretty special program but it was funny is that Loyola was a team that a lot of us used to kick around when I was I mean I was in school from 05 to 2010 and that was a team that we used to all kick around like Loyola was not this world beater basketball team in fact I think they usually finished in the bottom half of the conference while I was there they did. Mm-hmm. and 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 it was for them it was getting their donors that had been aging to put up the money and kind of put up or shut up. And they figured out that they need to, if they want to win before they're, you know, they're gone that they have to, you know, get things started. And they did that renovation of the Gentile center, which was the Gentile center was just a, a glorified high school gym. And it was, you know, it was renovated into this, you know, very small, but very like arena atmosphere. Like it was a real building. It's a real building now. And yeah, they built their, they built that Norris Center or whatever they call it on the side there. So it, they they've they put the money into the facilities. The school took the program seriously, is what it what it came down to.
1: Absolutely. So
2: Absolutely. so, and that was always the case at Butler's. The school took the program seriously. Once Evansville left the conference, you know, a few years before Rashad came in, and then we had this, you know, Butler started to turn around as a program and they got strong right about the time Rashad got in school. So there was, yep. you know, that, 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 that uh, the MCC back then really got powerful because the schools that were there were taking their program seriously. And I think that's a, a huge problem at a lot of the time I, I know for, for sure that Northern can takes their program seriously. I know for, uh, for sure that Wright state takes their program seriously. And a lot of people have, I mean, we, we made a lot of jokes about Detroit mercy taking, you know, two months to hire,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, hire, hire, hire the coach and hire Davis. But like, I, I actually, I, I took it as a good sign because it was, it showed that Detroit mercy didn't want to screw it up
1: wanted to get it
2: right exactly and that's that's a good sign from the program there i just i would like to see more of the conference kind of take that you know the take it seriously and part of that is doing what people want to see we had a about 2008 or 2009 they the athletic department at milwaukee commissioned a study uh where, well, they basically commissioned this poll of about 500 students, and they asked you, they asked this 500 students, what do you want out of your athletics program, and really, your what do you, what do you want for your basketball team? What's going to get you to go to more basketball games? And they, the the students were saying, you got to play better teams, uh, or the wide the wide range of teams, you know, things they were saying was you have to play teams that I recognize. They're tired of playing teams like. You know, unfortunately, Youngstown State is just, it's its not a good program, and it's always never been a good addition to the conference. But, you know, a lot of these teams in the non-conference, it's hard for these coaches to get good programs to come play them, but that's what needs to happen. So it's its about about getting some of those strong teams on the schedule, but also about, you know, doing what they can to get those teams to come in. Because, you I mean, I know that when Detroit Mercy got St. John's to come in and they did the, you know, they did the Dickie V, uh, you know, they renamed the court for Dickie V, like that, you know, they got ESPN in there. There was a lot of attention and the the place was packed. And Callahan Hall, when it's packed, is an incredible, unique experience. And I was catching that on television. I didn't, I mean, I've, I've been there in person a few times, but. The actual, you know, I can see that it was a great spot on TV, and that was good for Detroit Mercy, and it was good for the conference. So that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, this conference needs. Is you know, Rashad was saying, you know, you got to play anybody anywhere. You got to play good teams, but we also have to figure out how do we how do we get good teams to come in to Milwaukee and Detroit and Cleveland and you know Fairborn, Ohio, and you know Highland Heights, Kentucky. How do we get the good teams? To be willing to come in and play them, and I think that one of the things that we can do is is encourage schools to start adopting the uh, adopting new clauses into their coaching contracts. Um, VCU started this back with um, who was the guy that went for who was the first VCU coach? Was it? Was it was
0: uh, what are you thinking? of Shaka Smart?
2: No, I'm thinking of Capel. When Capel left, was it Oklahoma that Capel went to?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
2: So when he went there, it probably
1: was. Yeah, it probably was.
2: VCU, VCU had had Norwood Teague, their AD, had had a clause in Jeff Capel's contract when he signed on to be head coach at VCU that if you leave. Your the, the school that hires you, as long as it's at a, a, a you know above, the, you know if it's a high major school, that that school either owes VCU a like a huge buyout of this. Yeah, or that's how
1: that it that yeah, works. Hey I got to get ready. I got to get run, guys. If you got any more yeah. questions, please ask me because I got to get ready to go. My daughter sure, about sure. to perform. Um, um,
2: I have I have one. I have one for you what would be what was what was you doing
0: say
1: again I'm sorry what was that Jimmy
2: when you were when you were in the horizon league what was the favorite your favorite game that you played
1: uh, every last one of them
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone that sticks got, up your mind that's like a big game for you
1: they all were big that's how I got to twenty three nineteen <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> I love All that. right. Uh yeah, so so yeah, so Rashad, thank you very much for uh for coming on the show. Um um tell everybody where we you can find him uh, at uh, sportstalk2319.com and uh where yes. can every, where can they find you everywhere else uh, Rashad? Yeah,
1: uh, my my Twitter handle is RP3natural. You can find me on Instagram Rashad Phillips RP3 and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel Sports Talk 2319 or you can reach me via my website, sports talk twenty right. three nineteen All
0: right. We will definitely look forward to seeing that seeing future episodes.
1: Thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show. Thanks, All All
2: right. take care Thank care, you, guys. Jimmy. Take care, Rashad. All
1: right, take care, guys. Bye. Oh. That
2: was All cool. Right. That
0: was yes, that was Rashad Phillips, I love, everybody. I love um
2: them on, yeah, um, I know. If, yeah, if and them-
0: um you missed obviously you missed the uh, first part of the uh you missed first part of the podcast where we were talking about um uh about the kids in the summer league um specifically Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Who yeah, Kendrick Nunn's uh he's playing he he signed with the Warriors. Right. So <laughs> I mean, um
2: I haven't gotten I guess much. Of the summer, that, I haven't gotten to see much of the summer league action. Is he doing? Uh, what's he doing in in summer? He's
0: actually he's averaging double digits right now. Oh really? Um, yeah, he scored night. He scored eighteen in the game on Friday, so yeah, he is definitely. Um, I, I think probably the big thing for him is going to be, um, the I guess the big thing for him is going to be, um. Where he fits with the Warriors? I mean, he's going to be with the Warriors for crying out loud. They just re- they they've got four All Stars on their starting roster, and they just signed Boogie Cousins. Um, <laughs> so yeah, wow. unf- so we yeah. We, uh, um, uh,
2: I I, 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 d- I say this about Boogie Cousins. He is going to miss half the year. And I'm sure he is. That's the kind of injury you know, where you're it's never. it's not even going to matter,
0: and that's the worst part of it all. What? It's not even going to matter. He's going to miss half the year, and the Warriors are still probably going to be, you know, one of the best teams in the Western Conference.
2: Well, I the, mean, the, the the NBA the NBA has to figure out how to defend the three, because that's the you know that's the big problem with that you know team is that they've got, yeah. I mean, they've, they've got oh, yeah. two of the best, maybe five, maybe five definitely 10 best three-point shooters of all time Uh, (laughs) so you're you have to do what you can it'll remind me oh yeah and by the way Kevin Durant who's maybe the best second best player of the last 10 years after LeBron so it's yeah it's absolutely insane the team that they've been able to put together
0: I think the big thing with I, I really think the big thing with um and we talked about it a little bit um you know Kendrick Nunn will probably uh he will probably bounce between he will he, since he's signed with the team he's he's going to probably bounce between the you know bounce between the roster and the G League probably would be my guess well I, I, uh,
2: does, does he have a two-way contract cuz i did, i wasn't I, sure if he actually had a two-way contract or if he was I on believe, the
0: i'm not i think he does um i know his first year's guaranteed
2: so um... the, the other thing is, by the time you know in the next few years, the NBA is going to really set up the G League to be this, uh, you know, this real home for players who are not quite at, at the NBA level who could get there, players who are maybe a little less uh, touted in college who could get there, and also really to be the spot to develop one. It's the one in What's that now? Oh, it's only going to be a few years before the G League is a legit, uh, um, you know, legit sports league. Maybe not like at the level. It's not going to be at the level of popularity in the NCAA. There's never going to be anything like the tournament. But no. the G League does have a, 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 an actual. The G League has a real. Uh, a future and Kendrick no and those kind of those little players that'll be a part of it um if he's going to be able to he's going to be able to help him around who knows but it looks like on Friday he scored 18 against uh against the Clippers summer league team Um, Yeah, let's see what else he's got
0: he's been he's been uh he's been averaging double because I think he's played like three or four games um so far um 'Cause I think uh, I think they started out I think the Warriors have started out with uh, I think it was called the California Classic, if I wanna say it. I can't remember what it is. But it involved the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings and the uh, Warriors. Yeah. So he he played all those teams and you know, was doing pretty well on the on that front. But yeah. Um and so that's that's kind of the that's yeah, and you know, given kind of where he came from, I mean, let's face it. He, you know, he was he was at one point in time a big Ten, you know he was on a Big Ten roster. So I mean, you know, there, there's some uh, there's some possibilities for him. I I would think.
2: Um, I we gotta whether, get away from this idea that being on a Big Ten roster automatically makes you player like more I, you know, val- okay. valuable than a player that was on a Horizon League roster. Remember, you know, Kiefer Sykes was never on our a big 10 roster you know it, uh, it, he was not. that's something I, I i think it's something small but it's something that we need to really work against as a conference is this idea that that players cannot have a route to the nba through the horizon League, and i think that it's still the case that you can have that So, I want to get away from this idea. So, whatever we can do as a conference, as fans of teams in this conference, to be positive about players, you know, positive about players' ability to step in, develop as young men, and develop as young basketball players to set themselves up for a long professional career in the NBA. And they've already been doing it elsewhere, but in the NBA for sure. That's yeah. I wanna
0: uh, get- one thing I did not know, by the way, um, sure. that I was not aware of, that that Rashad was kind enough to point out, um, his uh, Kendrick Nunn's uh, G League coach just happens to be Willie Green. No way, really? Yeah, That's
2: I know. Fantastic. I know
0: Willie Green was. I, I knew Willie Green was a was an NBA was uh, was coaching in the NBA. I could not remember for the life of me where. And then he mentioned that he was. Uh, he 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 mentioned. Uh, Willie Green being the uh, the the summer league coach so I'm like oh no kidding
2: well you know who just got uh you know who just got onto the um into the NBA on a bench is Ronald Norad
0: did he now
2: Norad so when in Northern Kentucky's first year in the conference he was on the bench at Northern Kentucky
0: oh wait wait didn't Ronald Norred, where didn't Ronald Norad go
2: Ron Norwood is I, on the, he's on the Hornets staff right now.
0: Okay. Why did I think he was, why did I think he was with Brad Stevens for some He reason? was. I do not. He was. Okay. Yeah. That. Okay. That's, he, yeah, so I thought he, that he would, yeah, yeah, I thought he went over to the, I thought he went over to, he started, he was at Northern Kentucky and he
2: ended up going, uh, joining Brad Stevens with, uh, with the Celtics. Ah, uh, he was at, he and was so now, with the, he, so he had, when he, he started. He graduated in 2012. Yeah, he went. He was a high school coach in Indiana. I think it was. Uh-huh. I think it was Brownsburg. I want to say, but I know that when Brad became the head coach at, at Ron Five uh he got he got on the staff with their D League now G League team, which is the one in uh, the main the, the main lobsters or something main
0: red claws main red claws
2: yeah yeah i remember a, them because uh, yeah from yeah. from there he went to the actually working at with the celtics and then from the celtics he was on northern kentucky for like it was only like a year maybe two years and then he got the head coaching job he was the head coach of the of the brooklyn nets D League team, their g League team, the the long mm-hmm. the, the long, Island, long Island, Long Island, yeah. But this spring, he got hired on to be a head coach for Charlotte, or, or not head coach, assistant coach for the Hornets. So, gotcha. so I'm, Okay. You know, pretty exciting sense. for a former, you know, Horizon League, alum. yeah,
0: yeah he, guy who was just who was just in the Horizon League with Northern Kentucky. Not that long ago is now sitting on an NBA be- NBA bench as a, an assistant coach. Yeah, that's that is something. Um, it's it's
2: good, you know. It's a it's a good yeah. thing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, the, let's yeah the yeah. So it's funny because we got you know we we, we got Willie Green who's uh, you know who's over at Golden State. You got Raul Norred who's you know Charlotte, and of course you know Brad Stevens who you know. Brad Stevens, who was actually a you know, he, he made his bones in the horizon league, so there you go.
2: Yeah, and and the good news about basketball for a lot of Horizon League guys is that it's it's developing everywhere else in the world. The
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: the the well, that's and, been going on for the years the em- though. But as it continues and as it becomes more of a viable um as long as it becomes more of a viable you know uh, professional sports you know sports leagues in different countries the more teams there are and the and by that the more opportunities there are for guys that are you know maybe won't quite make it to the nba because because the horizon league is one of those conferences that we've put a few guys there but we've put a ton of guys and i mean a, an absolute ton of guys into professional basketball in Europe, and oh, yeah, absolutely. America and China, and I mean the Korean. The Korean league is starting to get pretty good. I think Kiefer Sykes is playing in Korea. Is uh, he
0: now?
2: Okay. Pretty sure Kiefer Sykes is playing in Korea. The more the more guys that we have playing out, outside the world, the more that more people from other places know about the conference. You know, we absolutely. lose and we we we've lost some teams, but what matters that we keep some level of positivity i have really become a a proponent of this idea that positive thinking is you know know, through through bad and good situations thinking positive moving forward and really being an advocate for the players and the teams and and the conference overall is what's going to help us kind of get back to where we were and then you know hopefully even higher than that what i'd like i'd like in the next we five i'd like in the next we five years for a school like i'd like for a school like milwaukee or northern kentucky you know milwaukee if we could ever get back to this or really a northern kentucky or right state right now i want them to be able to you know get an invitation from a conference like the missouri valley and go you know what i'd rather stay here i'd, I'd like to see that um I do but think... Jimmy,
0: has that ever happened though? I mean, has that ever happened where somebody got an invite and said, "No, I'm good." I mean, what, what would it take? What would it take for this conference to do that though? I mean, we've talked about this a lot, and we've talked about the fact that the the Horizon League and the MCC before it um, has been always been a revolving door. How do you stop the revolving? Well, the
2: first door? the. First, first, there's this crusty. I'll say there's this crusty old fossil that you, as a, as somebody who lives in the Ohio State world, you know Andy Geiger and this old this old fossil's playing jazz up in the Pacific Northwest right now, and he could probably answer the question of, uh, you know, has that ever happened where a team has turned down an invitation from another conference, or at least turned down, you know, the beginnings of an invitation from another conference. He, oh. he, He'd be able to answer that question better than I could. Um but is that so? <laughs> that is that ah. that's so. Somebody should call up the old guy if he's, you know, still alive and ask him that question. But what I All what right, I will well. say what I will say is that what it, what it, what it will it take? It takes winning games outside the conference and right now the Horizon League doesn't do it very well. The Horizon League no. doesn't have we don't have a set guideline for scheduling basketball games, and we have not been able to put together. I mean, there's rumors of it, but I, I unless I'm con, unless I'm mistaken, there hasn't been any kind of an announcement about a scheduling agreement with another conference. And the Horizon League really needs to, you know, needs to mitigate the possibility. Of you know, many of these opportunities where really bad teams can come into Horizon and gyms and win, and that has happened to every one of these teams in this conference. And as long as it continues to happen, the, down, the downswings the down swings on that will continue. So we need to figure out how to get how to limit bad games that'll hurt as conference RPI. We need to figure out how to get better games, both home games that provide a higher percentage of winning and some road games provide a higher benefit in the RPI because flawed as it is, the RPI is still used by the selection committee and picking teams yep. for at large bids to the NCAA tournament. So there needs to be, uh, I think I really do believe that the horizon league needs to figure out some kind of scheduling agreement. Also, if the horizon league is going to add two more teams to get to what are are we at right now we're at at 10 right now we're at 10 and yeah i've been we're at 10 if we get to 12 or somehow 14 which i think LaCroix mentioned that we could get to that at some point um if we're going to get to that point where we've got a bunch of teams then we need to make sure that we adopt a schedule that protects the teams that we think are going to be in the top half of the conference where you don't do a full round robin and limit the non-conference scheduling opportunities, but you do where you have one team, you know, say a team is picked to be the number one team in the conference, that team will play a round robin against the other five or six teams that are projected to be in the top half of the conference. They'll They'll play those teams twice, they'll play the bottom projected bottom half of the league once, half of those teams on the road, half of them at home, so that you you limit the amount of, of anchor RPI games that a major team can have. Um, it, it's it's it has it's not been good for the conference and scheduling is really where we're gonna do it. And I will say that the guy that we really need, I I, I would I legitimately believe that the Horizon League should not just. Uh, consult this guy, but maybe maybe put him on as like an actual paid consultant. But Mark Adams from ESPN needs to be on yep. some level brought into the fold by not just the Horizon League, but other mid-major program school conferences, and to figure out how to lift us as a whole. Because Mark Adams wants what we all want: more mid-major at-large bids in the NCAA tournament. The the last. He's 10. one of
0: the yeah he and he has been one of the advocates for that for a long long time and I think it's probably a it, 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 when we can obviously talk about this way more as as the uh, you know in future episodes but yeah I, I think having somebody uh-huh. of that caliber maybe you know again even at the very least in a consulting role and, uh,
2: you know, yeah. that
0: that would be a huge kit thing
2: so. so. Looking at so just to piggyback on my last point, heading into maybe like I, I think Mark Adams is definitely somebody we need to get on the you know on the podcast at some point. I'd love to have him on. But yes, looking at what. Well,
0: the, hey, we we have gotten Dennis Felton and Rashad Phillips. Hey, Mark Adams, come on down.
2: Absolutely, um, you know, Mark Adams we're, is somebody that want on. We're not but messing around here with our guests. The the so I'm looking. I look at RPIForecast.com Com when I look uh-huh. at things. 'Cause it, it goes a little more in depth than just showing strength of schedule and stuff. I'm looking at Wright State's page specifically and yeah. what teams on their schedule have or on their schedule or on the schedule of their opponents have a positive or negative impact on their RPI and yeah. because they play as many play as many games against Horizon League teams as they do, mm-hmm. Detroit, Youngstown State, Cleveland State have are the three schools that had the most negative impact on Wright State's RPI. And yes, yes, by going yes. to 12 or well, 14 teams and limiting games against those that would projected, and if I remember correctly, all three of those teams were projected to be bottom half teams in the Horizon and, last year.
0: And Wright State would have avoided like a, an upstate by Cleveland State.
2: Right. They would have had one game against those two teams rather than two. Yeah. And the other thing is yeah, making that's... sure that the Horizon League teams aren't playing these... Um, you know they're not playing these games that are torpedoes to the you know to their to their RPI because that those games even if they don't have the ability to win those games yeah. will be uh, will also have a bad effect on their own RPI. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at like you know, Youngstown State playing, you know Youngstown State playing some really poor teams they actually didn't have that bad of a you know schedule this year most of their no. you know because of where the horizon league is, has been most of the bad games come out of the conference as the conference gets better they will yeah, play true. some but you still need to make sure that they're scheduling good teams
0: yeah so all right, so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Um, we want to thank Rashad Phillips once again, um, Dominique Wilford at Coach Wilford on Twitter. Big thanks to you for helping us set this up. Really appreciate it. Know you're a fan. Looking forward to hearing from you again, um, and definitely want to you know again thank you again for helping us set this up. Um, and
2: if, if fans if fans of the podcast want to see us, um, you know they want to see us. Interview specific people. Um I I just brought up Mark Adams specifically. Please people tweet at him and say, Hey, you should go on the horizon league round Absolutely. I'd love to see that. You know, people want to If people want other other people, like if you want us to go after like maybe your head coach or maybe one of your assistant coaches or maybe somebody who used to be like part of your program or something, we're more than happy to do it. Obviously this summer we're not, you know, we're only about a third of the way through the summer. Obviously, we got you know almost four months until season starts, so we got a lot of time. Yeah, we got some time months, on our so. hands, so come on. <laughs> yeah, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we're on Twitter at Horizon RT, um, and of course you can hear the all episodes of the Horizon Roundtable um, at sportshacks.com, dot com, h a x dot com, and you can listen to us wherever you can find Whoa. podcasts. Um,
2: Whoa, far too. I have one thing that I just want to bring up. What's well, that? I, I just got followed by Kyle Welliston on Twitter.
0: Wait, why? Wait, he's still alive.
2: Yeah, he went. On, he like he,
0: disappeared off the planet. Did he like? I thought he, that's like, disappeared. what I'm
2: saying. What I'm saying. What is? What is he doing? <laughs> what,
0: what? I don't know. Mystery that we'll find out sooner rather than uh, we'll, we will well, find out well, later. But yes, but yes, yeah, we'll. Is our we'll, fearless leader
2: considering made, putting out fearless for a comeback? I mean, I don't know, man. The the day the day that a mid-major finally breaks through and wins that national title, I'm going. uh, That's the guy I'm going to be thinking about. Is that you know, some somewhere you know that guy's smiling, and I really want that to happen. Obviously, for all of us, but for him, for sure. So
0: I guess you'll have to do some investigation on that, there, Jimmy, because. That's gonna be a weird. That's that's an interesting development because he disappeared off the planet like what five six years ago, yeah. four or five years ago. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he disappeared. So that should be interesting. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, the podcast you can find it uh, wherever you find good podcasts. You know, we you know the list. You know where it, uh, you know iTunes. You know Pocket Cast. You know those Places. So come come take you know, ta- you know subscribe. We love to hear from you and uh, thanks for listening once again.